What's going on team? We are live and welcome to episode 12 of the Coffee with Sam podcast. We have exciting news guys. We have just launched on Apple Podcasts. So head to Apple Podcasts and you can get all 12, including this brand new episode, all 12 episodes live for free. Okay, so today's special guest is a multiple world champion, has been on American teams such as Spirit of Texas and Cheer Athletics Wildcats, and also the now brand new world famous Navarro College Cheer. This, these guys have a worldwide sensational hit with their Netflix documentary, Cheer. If you haven't seen it yet, guys, go check it out. There are multiple episodes and it really, really hits home how hard-working cheerleading athletes are. So let's welcome on my very special guest all the way from Texas, Dylan Brandt. Good, so welcome to the podcast, Dylan Brandt. Let's get straight into it. How did your life change? after your Netflix sensation cheer? I would say it mostly changed the image of cheerleading more than my life has changed that much. I mean, yes, within a quick like period of time, I like went on Ellen and went on Oprah and like did all these really cool things, which is actually really awesome. And that's awesome experiences that I'll remember forever. But I would say it mostly changed what people view cheerleading as like a sport or as something taken more serious uh, a lot more than just changing me um i would say i've gotten a lot of opportunities though that i would have thought that would have taken longer to get um that are in the works that are really awesome and obviously you know everything that's going down right now obviously impacted that a little bit so it's a little bit postponed which is fine but i would say um the amount of exposure for navarro is insane like even just our school i'm pretty sure our school is completely filled up for the amount of students that can go there which has never happened in the history of the school so that's actually insane so i would say that's things like that is definitely the most impactful and obviously for tryouts this year we've had uh, i don't even know like hundreds and hundreds of people try out for this team when maybe 100 people normally try out and i think we had i'm sure we had at least a thousand that's insane so like we'll get to the cool experiences you've done since then but you said about the impact of cheer i find that in england that that's the i was getting texts from friends from school that i hadn't seen for like 10 years and they were like now we get it and I was like, finally. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I was like, finally. Like, it was like friends that I hadn't, that were friends at school that I left school. So I didn't start cheering until I was, till I'd left high school. So friends that knew me that then saw my social medias doing cheerleading, they were like, mm, that's a bit weird. I don't get it. And then they'd, they'd, they were hooked on the cheer series and were like, Sam, I get it. Like I get why you're so into it and I get why your social media is always just you doing cheer because that's all my life is. And I was like, finally, something that makes people get it. 
was it the same in America? That's actually really awesome too. I, I'm sure that's awesome because you went to America and cheered as well. So that's, I'm sure they really like realized why you took it so serious to do that. So I think that's really awesome. I have, I will say I, I haven't had that as much because most of the people that are close to me already knew like from me myself how serious it was and how um, much of, of just as much of a sport as anything else that it was. So I wouldn't say that I got those types of interactions as much. I would say people that don't know me at all, definitely more. Um, I definitely think my social media like base was mostly cheerleading. And I would say now it's definitely um, a big chunk of the real world, which is really cool because you have a much different type of um, opinions and uh, point of views that you wouldn't think that you would have had before. So the people that comment on a big chunk of my stuff and like it are actually not even from the cheer world. So that's what I think is really cool. Yeah, so it's, it's taken it, it's finally, like in the UK, we had a few things that we thought were going to help and they never really did. Um, so I feel like this is taking it from outside the cheer world into normal, we call it the general population. Cause when you're in the little cheer bubble, you think everyone understands. But I think with, especially being on Netflix, I feel like it was pushed to people who would never normally watch cheerleading, understand cheerleading, or even want to watch cheerleading. Like they were watching it. Um, how cool was it? How cool was it that the amount of celebrity, um, what's it called? The celebrity, the celebrities that wanted to speak about it and get involved in it and like they tweeted about it. How cool was that? Like, of a feeling? Um, I think it was really cool, especially because uh, my friends got to, got to do much more of that type of interaction. I mean, yes, meeting Ellen and meeting Oprah were really cool. Um, that's the only two people that I really got to meet, but my friends did get to meet like a big chunk of people. Um, I, I have had people like, uh, I don't know if people know who Tommy is off of 13 Reasons Why and like Paula Abdul and people like that who do follow me and like comment on my stuff and like my stuff, which is really, really cool. Um, I would say what's more cool about that is I don't think that we've ever gotten to that actual level until now. So I think the cool thing about it is that even people that are high up, that it's harder to really reach them in that type of, you know, impact emotionally. Cause I definitely think emotionally that the show definitely drawed out some celebrities into, wow, like, look how much they're willing to sacrifice for this sport that people look at as a bring it on, which is obviously not a bring it on. Yeah. And even, and even, you know, the bring it on cast, you know, literally tweeted about the show and said that it was so awesome that it had a great interpretation of the more serious part of it instead of the scripted part of it that people want it to be like. So that's cool. Yeah. That's what I loved that it was like, it was quite worrying, obviously, not knowing, like, obviously, when, we'd speak, when I'd seen you in the year or whatever, you couldn't speak about it, so we couldn't actually find out how it was going to be portrayed. But the way it portrayed the hard work, the, 
the injuries and obviously it's not great to always talk about injuries but I think it is with our sport because people don't see it as athletic and dangerous so to push the injuries and the actual uh, how severe things can be if it goes tits up if it, if it all goes wrong I think it was great that the documentary didn't hone in on that but it showed a lot of the the sacrifices of cheerleading, not the bad sides. The push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we say to people, we're going full out or we're pushing and people outside of it don't understand, they now understand. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, I think that's definitely important. I think, pe- I think the difference was a lot of people did see like that there were injuries because they thought that we were just so dumb and that we were just so careless and that we weren't like knowing what we were doing really. I feel like they just looked at cheerleaders as like, you know, the dumb type of stereotype and that's why they would get injured. So I feel like this actually showed the real reasons why and that we still push through them. Um, and I would say that it actually kind of showcased that we push through it even more unhealthy than regular sports because regular sports, they would say, you know, sorry, you're on the side, like you're, you're not going to be able to keep playing. And we kind of were like, we don't, we, that you're all we got. So you, you're going to have to go. I'm sorry. Like we're, we're going to have to push this through. Like, and we wanted to as well. And I would say that those athletes would in other sports as well, but they don't even get the option because they take it. So like, Oh no, like you can get more injured, but we were like, you know what? Like, this is all, this is what it takes. Like you're going to have to push through it, like wrap it up. I'm sorry. So I definitely think that's what also pushed it as, which it did have kind of a negative connotation for some people. Like some people were saying that we were too, like we were taking it too far, which I would say there's no such thing as taking it too far unless your leg is literally cut in half and you're, I don't know, crawling across the floor. Like I think if you care about it that much, you should be able to do it was a sketch show wasn't it that did a sketch like that and the dude was it the girl had her leg off and they were like you gotta go again that was that is an american sketch show weren't it yeah <laughs> yeah it's like yeah i can still they did a lot of those they're really funny they were really funny it's like monica i can go again it's fine and it's like in a full cast <laughs> yeah i think that's saturday night live but i don't i don't think people those people that were saying it's too far are probably people who have never been either high level cheerleaders or are even involved in cheerleading because when you love something so much, you're not being paid for it. And if you've got a slight muscle tear and someone could just take your space like that, or there is no one to take your space, it's a complete different mindset you have to have. Like one, do you want to let your team down or two, do you just not, you don't want to let lose your opportunity of competing. Like when something like Daytona could be someone's got life goal. Like, yeah, they wanted to go to Navarro, but Daytona could have been their life goal. And that's when you start thinking irrationally of, well, yeah, I'm injured, but I want to go to Daytona. And I think people outside of cheerleading don't understand that. They're like, well, yeah, you, your health comes before it. And it's like, well, sometimes you'd have to take sacrifice your, your health, I think. And because you've got no one to take your spot in cheerleading, because we haven't got numerous amounts of people that are all as good as each other like football people come in and out and they have a sideline of people whereas in cheer it's not very often you have substitutes yeah 
Uh, absolutely. Like, I love the moment. Um, I know it was horrible to see, but the moment that Alex had to come in at Daytona and showed like what a yeah. substitute, um, what a substitute could do. Like I thought that was because being a cheerleader, I was like that pressure is so much more. If you're already on the team, there's pressure but just to be thrown in. Like I could, I don't know what that pressure must have felt like, but. I would say he definitely uh, was, I mean, he was the reason why we won hands down because if we, if we didn't have him, we would have lost. But I would say that's why I, I always like stress like to other people, like this is why you always are so, you should always be so high intensity, always so high pressured at every practice because I'll be honest, it might've seemed like, it was like, oh my God, there's no way he's going to do this. But like, it was kind of more like, we didn't even think that he wasn't going to not do it. Like, it wasn't even like a, oh, it might fall. Like, it was like, a, okay, like all he has to do is shoulder stand. Like, that's the easiest, like he literally like, and, and it's crazy, like, because to the normal public eye, you would think, oh my gosh, like if he messes up one thing, but to us, one, he's already done the spot before. Two, he has to do nothing else besides throw a basket. So not taking away from his awesome thing that he did. But I would say that's why, you know, we are so successful because that was like nothing. Like that wasn't even a – that was like, mm, yeah, it was maybe a little stressful because Austin, you know, did tear his – ankle and that did take a little bit of the effect of the routine out when you don't have that tumbling in and that's extra stunt going um but I would say that's why in whatever sport you do you should always be high pressured into your practices and high intensity and those um letting people know like you should be ready for thing because I actually think that we were so easily prepared for that moment and and we were i mean we we did it in a matter of 10 minutes i mean that's 10 minutes to do a routine like that or a pyramid like that and baskets like that that's that's not i feel like not a lot of people would be prepared for that because they wouldn't realize you know beforehand anything can happen and you have those people you know that are ready. I mean, I feel like typical people that are on the side, they typically, you know, just sit there or maybe do something every now and then because they just want to, you know, be there for fun because yeah. that's all they feel like they're going to be. So they're not, they're not, whereas like Navarro or top level, it's I'm training because I could get put in or I'm going to get put in at some point. So they keep their intensity up. Whereas, like, other teams wouldn't be ready for it as such. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. So, what was it like? Well, it made for good TV. Put it that way. <laughs> it made for good viewing. Yeah. Um, what was it like being followed with the cameras at the school and having your cameras in the gym and stuff all the time? I'll be honest. Uh, Big-ass cameras. Wasn't... Huh? They were some big ass cameras. Like they had the booms and the cranes. Yeah, they had a lot more than all that too. Um, I actually didn't think it was that weird. I didn't. I actually, it felt really normal. I would say maybe for a few days, and then after that, it was just like you just got it was normal. 
Absolutely. How, it was how not. Long, gonna... How long did it actually, it went what? on for the whole, was it the whole season from tryouts till Daytona or? No, no January to, to Daytona. Oh, good. Four months, five months? Yeah, four months. Four months. Did it make yeah. practice more? Not even a full four months. Did it make practice more intense? No. So it didn't. It feel really like didn't. I, it didn't. It didn't change anything. The only thing it might have changed is maybe how people tried to be while they were rolling. Maybe like maybe they weren't going to chew someone out as hard as you normally would, or go as crazy. That's the only thing that it might have changed. I would say it actually made it less intense because I would say practices could get pretty crazy and even though they might have seemed like it on the show they get way crazier than that so i would say it did the opposite i would say it was less less crazy because it, it's not like it's not like an actual scripted like acting where you have to portray a certain like you're just being yourself and you're just doing chilling it's not doing like a love island type of thing where you're like trying to like talk to the camera about blah, blah, blah. Like it's mostly you actually just do things. So I would say it didn't change that much. Fair enough. Who's the biggest diva on Navarro? Mm. <laughs> you could do a girl Describe, diva. Okay. You could do a girl diva Describe on a diva if you want. Describe the type of diva you mean. So making situation like bigger oh out of situation <laughs> i did think that's who you were gonna say what about female one i'll be honest the girls are much more chill than the boys way more chill than the boys actually i wouldn't say there's really a girl actually at all I would say, uh, no, there really wasn't a girl diva. I would say the only girl that would say some say something to someone in front of everyone would be Lexi, maybe, but she's not a diva at all. She's just real. Yeah, she was. She seemed proper down to earth. Like what what you yeah. saw is what you got. Type. Absolutely. That's cool, man. She's wouldn't let anyone talk smack to her. She would say something no matter where the camera, no no matter what cameras were rolling. Yeah, so she's seen all that type of girl, like, you're getting it, and whatever she's saying, she's not going to say sorry, she's not going to apologize, she's telling the truth, and then, but then you could be a friend again, like, she would just say it and then be cool, right? She seems like that kind of girl. Absolutely. She is definitely like that. She's the best. Well, I find that's what you Americans are all like. That's what I struggled with for the first couple of months in America, where, like, you guys will say something, and then 20 minutes later, it's like, yo, Sam, you're coming to get lunch. And I'm like, what? You were just, yeah. you were just beating down on me and being really nasty. Whereas in like England, like you'd hold a grudge for like, I hate, I hate Dylan now. I'm not talking to him until he apologizes. Or whereas in America, yeah. like it was there and then you just say it as it is, and then it's like, cool, yeah, let's go grab lunch. And then you're like, what? You, you hate. I low key feel like though that I feel like there would be. I feel like, like rugby players or something like that would be like that 
I feel like they would talk smack during practice like that and then just be like, all right, like, let's go. I really feel like they would. I feel like, I feel like maybe the general public of the UK, maybe not. But I definitely think a lot of lads are like that, low key. I feel like when you put girls in the mix, then it changes. It was weird for me to get like used to, but then I kind of got used to it and saw how that was a bit of a soft side to the UK where we're very, we take things to heart. Like, oh no, you'd say something and then I'd be like, oh, why does Dylan think that about me? Like, oh, does Dylan not like me? And like, you keep thinking about it. Whereas in America, you say something to someone and then they forget about it. They're like, what? Yeah, cool. Like, it's irrelevant. I'll see you at next practice. (laughs) I definitely would say a lot of the cheer world is like that and a lot of the cheer world isn't like that. I would actually say there's a lot of the cheer world that is like what you're saying, where if you say one little thing, it's the biggest end of the world for half the year. Yeah. So what was it like being on uh, a college team and an all-star team? What were the differences? Um, A college team, we practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. An all-star team, we practice Sunday, Monday, or Sunday, Wednesday. So the only, and the only times that we would do multiple times, like three times a week or four times a week, would be like right before the Nationals. I mean like a week or two. So a big difference is the amount of times that you practice. I would also say the difference is you only see those people every now and then of the week. And you're spending, when you're on a college team, you are spending every single day together, every single day. So it's a lot more of an intimate type of situation. I mean, that is all the time. So I would say there's a lot of big differences. I mean, it's spring four against hard four. It's flipping stunts against, you know, not flipping stunts. I mean, you can do a rewind now in level four six technically which is typically what you would compete yes there's claw six but you can still claw six i say that because well now seven so level seven but that's still you know spring floor and doubling and a different vibe of of cheerleading in general uh i would say i mean you're competing you know a good amount of the year in college it's one time i mean that's all you get you get one weekend and that's all it is so it's completely two different types of worlds. There's, I would say there's not really any similarities besides you're doing some skills that are the same. I mean, the, the, how long the routine is different. Uh, the requirements are different for what you have to do. Um, you are a stunter or a tumbler. Some very few people are both. Uh, so it's really just a, a different a different complete type of world that you would want. I, I, I definitely think there are people that will literally not do college because they love all-star so much. And I used to kind of be like that until I fell in love with Navarro and I'm glad that I did. But uh, you're, I would say you can love both. You can love both for sure. But there are definitely people that are one or the other. There are so many college people that would never do all-star as well. So it's a big difference. Oh, that's cool because I suppose closest to college I've done is Team England, so that's dead floor. Um, 
But that was that's really similar, actually. Yeah. And you get the same, you can get the same people there too, where they, oh, I'm not doing, that's dead floor. I'm not doing Team England. Like, and they just stick to their all-star. And I never understood that. Um, so it's probably the same sort of crossover, not as high intense Team England as Navarro, but that's probably the closest to college that I would get. So you were on Wildcats, right? How many years, seasons yes. did you do on Wildcats? I did three seasons. What was your favorite season? My first year, 100%. 2016. Uh, it was, it was like it was meant to be type of season. I mean, out of all the entire competitions, and I'm pretty sure we competed at eight, which would be almost 16 performances because I'm sure we had one that was in a two-day. We dropped one stunt that entire year. Um, and we went undefeated. I mean, we got grand at Worlds. So I would say, yes, the winning was a plus. But the fact that we were so checked in all the time and we had no drama on that team ever, uh, that was hands down my favorite year. I mean, it was just like, it was just like the, that year was meant to happen. Like, it was no like drama. Were you on the team, Dylan? Yeah. No. Wow. You must have been a quiet Dylan then. Was you quiet Dylan then? <laughs> um, absolutely. It was my first year on cheer athletics coming from Spirits, Texas. So I was not – well, I did charge up my son group a lot, but that's because uh, we what, had to be the – Was best. that the first year you came to the UK? Or was it 2017? No. Yeah. 2017. How did that come about? Because, so Ryan's supposed to be on the team 2016, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 2016. And no, he's supposed to be on it 2017. Yeah, Ryan Cleaver. Yeah. Right? He's supposed to be on it 2017. And he, uh, and so he came down and we stunted. And I actually found a video of us stunting, which was crazy. The other day, actually, for the first time since it happened. Um, and he asked me randomly after Worlds, no, probably a little bit before Worlds, that if I wanted to come to the UK and all this cool stuff, and obviously it ended up happening, and, uh, and to cheer on Coventry Dynamite. And I, of course, I took the opportunity because I've, I've always wanted to go to England. And it actually ended up being something so special because going to England, uh, actually created like a second home to me that actually feels like my first home sometimes and so Coventry Dynamite is definitely a blessing 100% in my life and I would say I'm so blessed that I have gotten different experiences every time I've came as well it hasn't been the same type of experience and I would say that I will cherish every experience that I have. It's literally crazy, you know, all, all the things that's happening in the world. Uh, I think that's crazy as well. So that's already gonna create another type of different experience that's gonna happen. So um, I, think it's, I think it's absolutely amazing. And in England, I, I, if I could get a citizenship in England, I would cry because it would be, I would be there a half as much as I would be in America, if not more. That's 
one nice to hear you nice to hear you say about my country <laughs> two nice to hear yeah. about, nice to say about coventry too um i mean it's it's been good to have you here. The, the, the years I was on the team, it was good. To, when, once we got used to you, it was good to have you on the team. <laughs> I think my first season, not knowing Americans, and you just came in, it was very like poof, this big explosion of Americanness. Like, all right, okay. You're walking into my house, into our team, like, whoa. I think, every, I think there quite a few people were a bit like, Shh. um. But especially going to America actually helped me because I got... I mean, I, got, I feel like it would be like that in any sport. I mean, I feel like if you were... I feel like if you were trying to do football, American football in England, and an American football player came to England and everyone did do it for fun, but they had the capabilities of being successful I think the same thing would happen because that American football player would be like what the hell are y'all doing like like why are you not like trying to be the best that you can why aren't you pushing this hard like so obviously it was going to be like that because you know the type of level that y'all were pushing and the type of level that I was only going to be associated with was I think the big the big thing to it and I think of it like this like if it I would I mean I would rather have someone care so much and not care about people's feelings because they want to make them better than someone that you know I could have been you know an American that was just looking for an experience just trying to have fun just happy that I was in England you know dropping my stunts, busting my tumbling, but hey, we're having fun. I mean, it's it's me coming into the country. I mean, I feel like that would have been a much more worse type of experience than having to get used to someone that has such passion because no matter, even though that year might've been hard, I would definitely say that that attitude definitely mutated into Coventry Dynamite for sure. I think oh, yeah. the seriousness. Yeah, one one hundred percent. And the vibe, one for sure, definitely, definitely got picked up because I can see it throughout the coaches. I can see it throughout the athletes, and I love it because look at the look at the uh, great impact that Coventry is now to then. Like, yes, Coventry Dynamite was still the best, and I will always say that, was still the best in the country then. But now, like, absolutely in, in more aspects. I mean, go from a low level to a higher level, and they're still doing amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like, the push of, of how much cheerleading is evolving in America to how much that Coventry Dynamite has been evolving, I definitely believe 100% in my heart that God had that happened for a reason. Like, I definitely believe that God put me, like, to Coventry Dynamite for that exact reason. I mean, because Coventry Dynamite deserves to be in that type of, you know, push. And that's why I think, you know, God sent you down to, you know, America, because now you're coaching. And I think that it set you up to be, you know, the type of coach that you know you want to be. 
Yeah, 100%. I think when you came over and the way you were, I think a lot of people and coaches wanted to be like that, but it was never accepted in the UK to be that intense. So then when you came over and it was like, okay, well, that's how the rest of the world are doing it. Maybe we need to follow suit. It was like, a, the UK are like that. They won't, we don't step out first as such. I think with a lot of things, not just here. So for you to come over and be yeah. like that, it was like, okay, so it's acceptable to be that, that direct and it's acceptable to be that intense. Let's be like that. And then like you say, the coaches start doing it. So then the athletes start doing it and it just creates that big follow on effect, which hundred percent is it's had a positive. How, in, and how, a globe. Now, now, now Emo has a globe from the cheerleading world championships. How nervous were you your first time competing in the UK? Did you find any nerves? Yeah, I would. My problem is I already have anxiety problems in general, which a lot of people don't know. Um, so even though I was competing at a local ring eating competition in the UK, which was our first one, I was probably just as nervous as if I was competing for like a bid in America for sure. Damn, you got me there. Like you've told me. You told me you struggle with anxiety, and I was just about to say, is that why you jumped out of place? You can't, you can't make me feel sorry for you and then dig at you. <laughs> I know. You got what me. I do. I was like lining That's my That's why I wear a sweater. Every day I wear a sweater. Fun fact, the reason why I wear a sweater every day is because of my anxiety problems. Wow. That's mad. I never knew that. Yeah. It makes me feel like I'm being cuddled as y'all would say. So it makes me feel better. Like it makes me feel like, like better about situations. Oh, so listeners or viewers, every time you see Dylan in the UK now, you have permission from me to cuddle him. Don't even ask him. Just cuddle him. I need them. Give me all the cuddles. Like I don't even care anyone, any random stranger. It's a nice hoodie I'll though. Probably... Okay, thanks. I got it from, where did I get this from? From Zara. So, yeah, did, did you feel that – so, obviously, you get performance errors anyway, but you were very nervous for that first competition, which probably forced that error. Which error? I can't remember. When you jumped in the wrong space and made the whole team jump in the wrong space. <sighs> uh, that was the worst thing ever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was so, so, if you if – you That were, really was so if you were scared and nervous, then I feel for you because obviously it wasn't just the team that came for you. There was other people outside of that and you did feel quite devastated. I know you did. I know. I'm used to it though. Like I'm used to like, obviously definitely social media attacking for sure. Um, I would actually, fun fact, I would actually say the social media attacking sometimes might like get to me in my head because it you know make me upset whatever but I definitely think I've gotten that down packed better than anything else I feel more bad when I let my teammates down when I let my teammates down that's the worst like it it literally I don't even know dude I I've like it's like I've dropped at worlds before I have on day one and that was so hard for me to like grasp the fact that that happened even though it was just day one 
doesn't carry over. Um, but yes, uh, anyone that has anxiety problems, I feel you so much. And all you have to do is every single day, remember what makes you happy and what your purpose is. And 100%, I promise you, if you keep remembering like why you keep pushing through, you will 100% beat it more every single year. 100%. And it's, and I definitely, I will say, um, talking about it, yeah, it is good to talk about it. But I would definitely say, like, you know, not trying to show it as much and trying to, like, you know, be as strong as I can and try to be myself definitely helps it because I don't think anyone ever notices it. I really, unless they're my close friends, my close friends definitely know because backstage, like I talk to myself, I can't hug anyone. I walk like a straight line and back, straight line and back, straight line and back over and over and over and over and over and think about routine over and over and over. Um, that's, that's when they know. I definitely think majority of people don't know. Do you think that that when like you care about letting your team down, do you think that, comes slightly from that you feel comfortable with a team so being with a team helps your anxiety so then when you do let them down you don't feel as comfortable as such i don't feel as comfortable with what so like maybe if you were if you if you were anxious about competing on your own you wouldn't have the team around you so does the team make you feel comfortable so then when you do let them down you're like letting down your comfort zone as such where if you do drop a stunt or oh yeah that makes sense yeah that does make sense yes so i gets... would say that that's true for sure so it gets I, I, w- I would say if it was a team that i did not have a bond with as much and that did not worry with as much um this might sound weird but i would actually say i'm more nervous when i compete beforehand but uh, because I, when I like, am really comfortable with a team and I have a very good vibe with the team and I believe in the team much more, uh, I would say that I trust in them so much that I feel like because I know that they're doing good and I can see them doing good, that I'm going to do good. I would say when a team that isn't like, I, I'm worried about this person and this person or worried about all this, these things. I would actually say I, I don't do as well. I really don't do as well. And I feel like anyone would probably be like that. Some people, it doesn't matter. Some people are, it, they are all themselves. Like they are just going to do themselves. They're not worried about anyone else. But I feel like that's also the problem with some teams is they don't actually realize the closer you are together and you trust in each other and you do enough reps to the point that you believe in each other, that's really the only way that you're going to have the most confidence. And I would say some people believe that it's just, I, I got it or I don't got it. And you can say that, but it is a team sport at the end of the day. So I would say for people that, that do like, don't realize why teams that are so talented don't always work. It's because y'all don't have that bond and bonds are so important in cheerleading. Like they're more, I would say they're more important than talent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's why cheer becomes your your life as such because you get you get friendships and you're so close. It's not just like you're kicking a ball around with each other. You put your life in someone else's hands, which creates 
a complete different human bond than just being on a team with someone and having to rely on them being good. Like it creates so much more. And I think that's why cheerleading is such a, it's a great sport for kids to get into, to create life lessons about anything like pushing, working hard, working as a team, bonding with people. Cause if you, if you don't, if you're not bonded with no one, it's just, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. And I think, I think a good example, like for the UK in general, like for the UK that we can both, you know, say yes to would actually be this past year because we did, we did good the first day at Worlds, yes. But then the second day sh- truly shown like all the work of the whole year um, on finals. Like you can't just go one week beforehand and just be the best team that you can be. Um, and I would say because of that hardship and that kind of separation a little bit, because, you know, I sure was not putting up with that, um, which separated me a little bit more from the team because of how upset I was and frustrated and whatever. If you go to our last performance when we knew, like, after all those practices, all those hard practices, still about performance and jam fest, everything, um, Still a iffy performance, you know, the first performance at, at, at Bournemouth. It was good, but it wasn't great. That shows you right there that a bond doesn't necessarily also mean that you're best mates. It does not. It means that you have a respect for each other and for what you're wanting and what y'all are going towards. Because I feel like all of us, like, finally realized that it wasn't just about us. It wasn't just about ourselves. It was about the whole program as a whole, you know, because we definitely had the best performance of the entire competition. I mean, you go from Ammo, who literally got a bronze gold and one of, I mean, a bronze medal in one of the hardest divisions, literally at Worlds, hands down, that division is one of the hardest divisions. And we did it, you know, and we, and we are some of us best mates with each other. No. You know, I would say there are a good amount of people from that team that still do not even speak to each other, but they will always remember that performance because we still did it with each other. We still made it happen because regardless, we, we realize it's for Coventry Dynamite. You know, it's for Sarah. It's for Laura. It's not for us. It's not just for us. You know, we need to do it for ourselves, but it wasn't just for us. It was for the people that still show up to our practices even though how terrible that we're being so that is an example right there of Coventry Dynamite itself which is a UK team that has done that yeah it makes does yeah yeah I get that I get that like as as soon as you I probably you might have felt it because you didn't join them until Worlds like I came when I came back and I felt outcasted in my own program for a good four or five weeks and that's probably what you're talking about is obviously I wasn't there day two of world, so I didn't know what it felt like or that's probably there. What you're on about is that it wasn't accepted as a team. It was more individual and well, who do you think you are and who do you think you are? And whereas like we got to Bournemouth and it was, I didn't feel like that. I felt in accepted. There was no, nothing, no talking going on, no nothing like that. And it was all, let's go win Bournemouth. Let's go get a bid. Um, so yeah, I, I, I fully, I get what you're on about there. So season two of cheer, they were in the making, right? 
what happens now? I don't know. Oh, come on, Dylan. Yeah, you do. Oh, no. Nope. (laughs) I'm sorry. So there is a season two. There's not a season two. I don't know. And I will say on my little brother's grave, I don't know that, actually. None of us know. I thought I was going to get him there, guys. <laughs> I thought I was going to get him to sleep. I really don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. No one knows. I mean, if, like, every, like, literally we just had one of the worst, like, when was the last time something like this happened where Nationals gets canceled and this big coronavirus thing? So we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't know. And if there is, it probably would be the next year. So. I don't know. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Dylan. That was a of wicked course. chat. And I love you very much. And I'm glad that I got to talk. Yeah, man. That was a wicked chat. And I love it. Um, I like that you became vulnerable. That was pretty cool. I've never seen this side to Dylan Brown before. It was pretty That's cool. That's me. I mean, when you get me outside of, of the gym, I mean, I'm a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> And I, it was nice though. It's good. I think it's good listening and viewing for people too to hear people from the top as such. And definitely in the UK, you are well respected as a top athlete. For you to talk about maybe maybe they did see that performance at BCA 2016, uh, 2017, 16, 17, 17. And now they understand it. They're not just like, oh, okay, well, the top people can mess up. It's more like, well, maybe the top people have other issues as well as just the pressure of being a top athlete. And I think that was really nice of you to share. Um, I think that will help a lot of youngsters out to know that it's okay. It's it's okay to feel anxious. It's okay to be scared. Um, So I think that was a really... And I hope it does. That was a really nice point to uh to share. Okay, well I love you and I re- I can't wait to see you at the gym because I feel it in my heart that it's that it, it's gonna start going better within these next months, and hopefully, hopefully, we get to compete at Bournemouth because if that happens, I will literally be so happy. You don't even know. Oh, so I was um I was speaking to someone who's part of Future Cheer and we were discussing like what it would be if it could happen and i said it should just be a massive like we should compete but not against anybody we should just compete and it should be like a giant festival and party of like we got through this and we still got to cheer and they were like okay but you have to get bids and stuff yeah so they could yeah what teams are going to be ready what what about the carry you have to have bids how are you going to get a world's well, maybe they can carry the bids on from this year. Oh, well, I guess they're figuring that out if that's going to happen. I don't know. You're not going to be able to afford to pay double the amount of bids. Who? Like, so see if they did a bid round again, well, the argument is, well, what about the team that deserved their bid this year? So then they do a second round of bids. You're going to have to pay for two lots of bids. They won't have to because they had to give that money back. But then... What about the team that says, well, we deserve to go this year? Like the one that already got paid? Yeah. Like well, I would, carry first out. of all, the 
first of all, I will say this, Future Cheer can definitely afford it for the amount that they give, so they don't need to worry about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they need to give a, a real pay bid, it's what they need to do. Okay, first, so before they need to worry about that. Before Dylan upsets the UK cheer industry, and one of the biggest EPs out there, I'm gonna say bye. <laughs> And hopefully I will see you in the gym soon. <laughs> and hopefully I will see you in the gym soon. Um, thanks for coming on. And I'll see you soon, Dylan. Love you. Love you too, man. See you later.